If you're still finishing eating, that's fine. You can eat while I start to continue on and share some thoughts. Um, I'm curious for you to all uh, shout out on the count of three who you would eat with from the Bible. All right? One, two, three. Good. Yeah, that was, at our table, that was some interesting conversation, um, just who you would eat with and, and why. Um, I hope you enjoyed that conversation around your own tables. We have been talking in the last couple of weeks about one another and how we treat one another. We talked about bearing one another's burdens. We talked about bearing with one another when we have disagreements. We talked about encouraging one another. And we also talked about meeting and eating with one another. And so today has been an opportunity for us to put uh, a number of those into practice. We've been able to serve one another through the expression of feet or hand washing. A practice which reminds us of the need to serve one another in great and small ways. As we've met around the table, perhaps you've had opportunity to share joys and struggles with one another. Perhaps you've been exercising your bearing with one another this morning for some particular reason. Maybe you've had the opportunity to encourage one another to be encouraged. We've all had the opportunity to meet and eat one another. I want to read a uh, passage out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. This is verses 17 through 34. writes, Now in the following instructions I do not commend you, because when you come together it is not for the better but for the worse. For to begin with, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and to some extent I believe it. Indeed, there have to be factions among you, for only so will it become clear who among you are genuine. When you come together, it is not really to eat the Lord's Supper. For when the time comes to eat, each of you goes ahead with your own supper, and one goes hungry, and another becomes drunk. What? Do you not have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you show contempt for the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What should I say to you? Should I commend you in this matter? I do not commend you. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you drink this, eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be answerable for the body and blood of the Lord. Examine yourselves, and only then eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For all who eat and drink without discerning the body eat and drink judgment against themselves. For this reason, many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves, we would not be judged. 
But when you are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If you are hungry, eat at home so that when you come together, it will not be for your condemnation. And then he adds about other things, I will give instruction when I come. This passage contains familiar words that we we read at most of our communion services. But these, we often kind of pick the part where Paul is just explaining and we kind of um, maybe separate that from the context that Paul's not real happy with what the Corinthian church has been doing and the expression of this meal that they have been participating in. It comes out of a of a rebuke Paul offers to the church in Corinth, they are not living in ways consistent with Jesus. And so when the Corinthians were coming together for worship, their division was becoming apparent. The Lord's Supper or communion was meant to be a unifying ordinance. It was something that was supposed to bring them together, to be an expression of the kingdom, to be an expression of their unity. And rather than that, they were coming and the divisions among them were becoming even more apparent. Instead, some were bringing a feast for themselves to display their wealth while others were coming hungry without anything to eat. Rather than caring for one another, it had become everyone for themselves. Now, social conventions at the time often dictated in the, in the Greek and Roman world that guests at a meal were apportioned food based on their social standing or their honor. And so the more honorable folks... Uh, those that were wealthy and had prestige and, and honor received a bigger portion of the meal. And those with less honor often received less and less and less down the table. Jesus uses a phrase, not so with you. When they came together to celebrate to celebrate communion, it was supposed to be different. This was not about the divisions. This was not about the honorable and the less honorable. This wasn't about uh, the wealthy and the poor. This wasn't about uh, slave owners and slaves. This wasn't about Greek versus Jews. This was supposed to be a meal that we gathered together to celebrate with one another. We find out in Paul's letter to the Corinthians that there were all kinds of divisions happening. Those who wanted to to follow Paul, some claiming Peter as their leader, others, other leaders, whoever had the, the best speaking voice. Some were privileging certain spiritual gifts. There was divisions between Jews and Gentiles. There were divisions between the wealthy and the poor. And so Paul gives these practical instructions for approaching communion. He says what they are to do when they gather with one another is to retell the story of Jesus at the Last Supper. He talks about the the bread and the cup as symbols of Jesus' body and blood. This was a tangible reminder of Jesus' life and death in the place of sinful humanity. 
He writes in verse 27, Whoever therefore eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be answerable for the body and blood of the Lord. And says, examine yourselves and only then eat of the bread and drink of the cup. This examine yourselves is part of the reasons why in the, in the old days the deacons would go around. We were to examine ourselves before we uh, gathered for the love feast. At certain times, uh, it's been recorded in a number of congregations' minutes uh, and in their history that um, maybe folks were not in unity, and so they would actually postpone the love feast until they all got their acts together, until they um, were back in fellowship with one another. And so you can imagine what that would be like to suspend love feast until we're all uh, back in uh, relationship with one another. That doesn't mean everything is always perfect. But it means that we have, are working through that and bearing with one another. Within the context of those that are eating and drinking in an unworthy manner, are those who are seeing the meal as a way of dividing those who have committed to following Jesus. But when we meet, this shared food and shared remembrance are meant to be a little taste of the kingdom, a sharing in reminding one another of the story of Jesus, a sharing in the celebration of the salvation and healing brought about through the sacrifice of Jesus and a small experience of the anticipated experience again of the incarnation of Jesus. That is, one day as we taste the bread and the cup, as we smell the meal and experience the relationship with one another, one day we anticipate that we will share this kind of experience again with Jesus. In fact, Paul actually connects their unworthy way of celebrating the communion to some of their physical ailments. And so Paul talks about the need to judge or to look at our own lives and be real with ourselves about our own shortcomings. He writes then in verse 33, When you come together to eat, Wait for one another. If you are hungry, eat at home so that when you come together, it will not be for your condemnation. He's saying this meal is about a celebration. This is about a remembering uh, the life and the death and, and the resurrection of Jesus. If you're still hungry after the meal, go out for brunch. All right? I encourage you. Okay. But there's an important phrase in this verse, it's something that I think Paul would highlight for us. It is when you come together. This is a meal about the church meeting with one another. Both the meal that we have shared and the meal that we are still going to uh, continue to participate in. out of shared bearing with one another's burdens, out of bearing with one another through disagreements in theology and practice in, for the Corinthians, eating the meat offered to idols or not eating the meat offered to idols versus Jew or Gentile. This was about coming together for encouragement, 
despite what we've been through, despite what we're going through, despite what we will go through, Jesus is Lord. His life, his death, and resurrection have reconnected us to the Father. So in a moment, we will continue in remembering. Now, this is usually one word, remembering, but, you know, pastors and theologians do weird things with words sometimes. And so I also want you to think of it as remembering, all right? This meal was about retelling the story, and they did it frequently. They said, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, we assume that it happened quite frequently in the early church. But the way the meal was approached was a meal of communion with God and communion or community with one another as well. Not quite the same connotation of member that we might have in the church today. Members were those who had committed to the lordship of Christ. It didn't necessarily pertain to a specific denomination attached to it or serving on a committee. These were the people who had committed to the way of Jesus, who had committed to meeting with one another, sharing in common their life and their goods, sharing together their mission with one another. This was about how we are following Jesus together, allowing Christ to be Lord over our individual careers and income and family and relationships and our ethics, the way we act, and over our community of faith as we care for one another. In a moment, we'll break bread and drink the cup. An ordinance handed down through the church over the centuries, a practice that Jesus shared with his disciples. It is a tangible reminder of Jesus' sacrifice in our place to heal us. It is also an expression of bearing one another's burdens, of bearing with one another, of encouraging one another, of meeting and eating with one another. And so this is also remembering the members of the body of Christ coming together again to remind one another of the good news of the gospel and as an expression of community Jesus said by this they will know that you are my disciples if you love one another and so as we prepare for receiving the bread and cup Let us take some moments here to, again, reflect upon the gift of Christ for us. I'm going to invite the praise team to come forward. And um, these songs, the words will be on the screen. You're welcome to sing um, or you're welcome to reflect on their meaning for your own life and for our life together.